Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. (laughs) Oh goodness, lovely. So today is Thursday and I am delighted to pause what I've been doing in my life today to speak to two very interesting humans. And these two interesting humans I discovered on Instagram and I'm I'm delighted, I'm absolutely delighted to say that I'm I'm about to chat to Joe Anderson and John Robertson of The Men Who. And you intrigued me. You definitely intrigued me on Instagram. I was like, what's going on? What is this? So I guess probably my first question for you guys is, could you give me like an elevator pitch for The Men Who before we get really into it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll take that one. It's uh, John here. Um, lovely to be, lovely to be on. Thank you so much for having us. Um, so, in in an elevator pitch style, uh, the men who is a collective based in Edinburgh uh, for men, and we are committed to providing the men that are part of our community uh, with a secure, dynamic, and positive environment uh, to actively maintain their healthy mental well being. And, and I think that's us at the ground floor now. So hopefully that made sense. <laughs> John, that was like. Top-notch elevator pitch. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> Are you impressed, Joe? Very impressed, yeah. John's always so eloquent. He puts things so well. It's Yeah, we're, we're trying to essentially break down some of the kind of uh, taboos around men sharing emotionally. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to say that um, it's actually really helpful uh, for us, especially at this moment in history, to be finding spaces where it's okay to express how you're feeling in a non-judgmental way. So for us, um, we thought that, Men in particular maybe had some some roadblocks in this regard. You know, men in my life have not always been the best at getting across emotional information or teaching me how to express it that well. So it's interesting to form this community together where I think myself, John, and our other founder, Nico, we sort of uh, created this space, this weekly men's circle to also provide us with the space to, to, you know, express things that we couldn't in our everyday lives. I love that, though, that you've been proactive in that sense that you've seen for your for your own personal lives that there's you need that within your life and it's maybe not been available to you so if it doesn't uh, exist create it and that's exactly what you've done and I really admire that and before we get into the details of what that looks like on a weekly basis and what it has meant for you over its time thus far can I have a wee bit of background on you guys as individuals you know where you're from your careers the, the other side of your life that you feel like the men who compliments i so i grew up in edinburgh um it's it's my hometown and um i loved growing up here it's a fantastic place to be uh but i spent the the kind of formative years of my life i spent 10 years down in london uh with my my now wife um and down there i was working in a management consultancy which was a fantastic career to have i was very lucky that i got to travel the world a lot with the company i worked with down there uh but it was always the it was always the plan to come back to edinburgh and when we were found out we were expecting our first child um we decided to make the move back when he was three months old which was a challenge but we made it here nonetheless <laughs> um so we've we've now been back in edinburgh for just over a year with with our young son rory and um over that time i've i've also decided to make a career change into the whiskey industry which is um which has been a long-held passion of mine uh, so i sort of brought together 
10 years worth of experience in consultancy with a passion and knowledge for whiskey. And I run my own consultancy now called uh, Messrs Whiskey and Company to provide services to people and businesses in that industry. So um, really happy to be back in Edinburgh, really happy to be doing something that I genuinely love um, and also have a chance to develop something with Joe and Nico uh, and the rest of the guys um, in the men who as well. Love that. Love that. What about yourself, Joe? Uh, yeah, I have a few different things that I do at the moment. Um, for the last four years, I've been doing a PhD in social anthropology. And that really, I think, starts the story of coming towards the men who, because the research was on uh, a number of different things, but masculinity in America was one of them. So looking at particularly right wing uh, Trump voters and, and kind of why the ways in which gender and masculinity and expectations of me- you know men are factoring into how people are voting and also behaving in everyday life still. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I think over the course of my research over the last four years, it's become much more obviously relevant to kind of the contemporary debates. But for me, it really helped also, I think, to kind of deconstruct my uh, ideas of masculinity along the way, like really understanding not just my own gender, but then all the other ways you can you can present yourself and identify um, within kind of yeah no limits and it's it's been an amazing process of deconstructing myself so that yeah that kind of that kind of led me to thinking about mental health and thinking about how why men in particular are are having trouble sort of finding communities finding finding ways to to come together um and that's where the sort of the motivation for the men who came from part of that is that I lived in California for my research and uh, attended a men's circle there so that was kind of like my first introduction into men's circles it did blow my mind a little bit it was like going into a space with a group of men where normally uh, you'd do as I call it the bro dance where where you you a man meets another man and they sort of like do this like sort of peacock feather kind of display where you have to kind of judge where the hierarchy is and where you fit on the hierarchy and what that means you can say and do and all, all this stuff which is that's a very like uh, analytical way of thinking about it. Obviously, it doesn't have to. You don't have to think about it that way. But it in this space, that bro dance was completely dropped, and I felt like, oh, it's amazing that there is a place for me to express the vulnerability of of who I am, not just not just the strength as well. So that these experiences kind of led me to towards the men who. But since then, I've also picked up a yoga teacher training qualification. I've been teaching yoga and meditation over the last couple of years. But I I feel like these things go together so well. It feels um, for me that meditation and and the practice of yoga has really brought me to an understanding of myself in a way I guess and understanding of of kind of how the ideas that I've studied in my thesis can also be put into practice in the world through kind of these techniques of of teaching. Wow that's fascinating you both have very interesting careers and lives and I guess anyone looking at it at face value it's a bit like that you know Instagram feed and um, you get a snapshot of someone's life you could say well how are John and Joe friends and how did they come together to create the men who because people will put a label on you or they'll put you in a box and decide who you are and then quite often we do that to ourselves as well we decide who we are and and how we can act around certain people and I think it's really it's really nice to hear that you had that experience in America and it sounds like it was like transformational. So what is the connection? Where was the connection for both of you coming together as friends to then create the men who? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it because what we've just described is 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 the the I suppose the life that we the others see or that we might 
want others to see or the way we describe it. But the way we've come together as friends, um, the best thing about it is it's been entirely organic. So where it all began for us is uh, Joe, Nico and I were volunteers for another men's men th- mental health charity, uh, the Edinburgh branch of that. Um, and, and we were all attending this or we were all volunteers because in our own way, we've all, all had our own journeys or experiences with mental health, good, bad and otherwise. Um, so this was the kind of environment that we met in. Um, I didn't know Joe before, but I saw this this group existed. I reached out because I wanted something to uh, to go to on a weekly basis to share my thoughts. And when our time volunteering for that charity came to its natural end, as Joe said earlier, we wanted uh, first and foremost for for ourselves this this community to still exist, and we had the energy and the drive to set something up um, in in our own image as it were if that doesn't sound too grand um so so joe nico and i and a few of the other guys who were involved we we thought about what uh what kind of group we might want to create going forward uh what structure we wanted it to take and, and what principles we wanted it to follow and and the men who was was what we came up with um so that's something that's been running for the best part of this year i think since since february time um and it's it's testament to everybody involved that we've maintained a really great connection and even grown our connection throughout a really difficult time when we haven't been able to get together physically, which is what we previously did. So uh, we've been able to maintain that connection online. And I'd say that the the bond between Joe, Nico, I, and and everyone who participates regularly has has grown throughout that time. And, you know, from a personal perspective, I'm so glad that it has because it's given us all um, something to, to hold on to at a time when we've never been further away physically from other people. And like you say, like, gosh, we all need something like this more than ever. But it could have been very easy for you just to to say, listen, we've got our own lives, things are difficult, things are having to shift. Everyone was affected some way, shape or form. And to be hit with a pandemic just as you start something like this where you're like, yeah, we need to physically be in the room with each other. Oh, wait a minute, we can't. It, it could have been quite easy just to go, right, let's park it. But I'm guessing you saw that there was a need within yourselves, like you were saying there, John, to absolutely continue and just figure out how you were going to do it remotely. But initially, what was the idea? Because like you were saying, Joe, you'd attended one of these circles in America. Is it a circle? Like, do you sit in a circle? Yeah, if we, if we were in person, we would do a circle. Um, at cool. the moment, it's a vir- virtual circle. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. And is there like a, you know, like a talking spoon? Like how do, so what's like the format of, if you were to do it in person, because I know there'll be certain ways of doing it online. And I mean, we're all kind of exploring that and who talks on Zoom and who mutes themselves and all the rest of it. But in real life, what is the kind of format of one of your meetings? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Because I think um, maybe one of the reasons people or men might feel nervous coming to the session is just not knowing what uh, you're coming to. And for people listening, if you're guys that feel like you might be interested in this, we'll break it down for you. So we have uh, three rounds, the, the virtual circle or the in-person circle. We don't have a talking spoon. That's a great idea. Maybe talking spoon in the future. Everyone could just come onto the Zoom with a spoon and then hold it up when it's their turn. That's you can tell I'm working the arts, can't you? I'm like, <laughs> dra- the drama head on. <laughs> <laughs> Use some props, exactly. Um, so the first time we, we go around, the question is basically, How's your week been? How are you feeling now? Is there anything you want to get off your chest? So it's like, um, and again, with this, like anyone can talk. And if you want to stay silent, you can totally stay silent and just listen as well. Because one of the key skills that we're also learning in in this circle, I think, is listening to other people's problems without kind of projecting our own 
stories onto them, and not just the kind of linguistic or the words that people are saying, but the, the emotion and the tone behind them as well. So that's the first round. The second round is um, we usually have a topic that we'll be discussing. So we've had topics like vulnerability, like strength, fear, lots of different things that obviously leave your mind the moment you've stopped talking about them. <laughs> Communities and some others. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great it's a great way to stimulate discussion, these topics, because I think one of the things that we can get into if we just asked, how are you, is, is a, a sort of maybe a repetitive pattern of thinking. So you'll, you'll tend to maybe go down the same way of describing yourself, whether that's negative, positive, neutral. And the topics really allow what I've started to think of as like a, the collective brain of the men who chew over an issue that's relevant to everyone's life. And it's the sessions where you decide to speak last that you often get the most out of, because if you're going early in the session, if you volunteer yourself early, your thoughts usually half-baked, you haven't quite, uh, like you're just on that patterned way of thinking about a topic. Whereas getting, you know, seven or eight other takes on the topic both breaks you out of your patterns and allows you to imagine thinking about it in a different way. Um, but it might also make you realize how similar all the dilemmas we're going through collectively are. That's one of the things that I think the motivation for keeping the men who going during lockdown was, well, we're not going to get through this if we're not like together, if we're not talking, you know, like individually, we're going to suffer. But if we come together, that's how we'll actually manage to help each other through this in a healthy way. Um, so that being said, the, the third round, the final round of our circle is essentially a, a space for gratitude. So naming something positive from your day, from your week. And that's a way of like sort of reorienting your your gaze on the world in a positive way. So Again, it's a skill that you, you need to develop. Gratitude isn't something that we expect to sort of come to us. Like, like we're, we're playing hard to get with gratitude. It's like, no, go to gratitude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the three rounds, and that's kind of what to expect. Um, and all of it is said with anonymity. You know, nothing goes beyond the group that we're sharing in, um, and it's completely judgment-free. So it's, it's kind of these are the principles of, of how we discuss. I love this. This is, <laughs> this is great. Like, I don't have any other adjective right at this minute. And I really liked the point you made about listening. Yeah, I, that's something that I've developed doing this podcast. Because as someone who always wants to make the other person that I'm speaking to feel that I get them and I understand, I tend to sometimes, like I'm doing right now, put my personal slant on something that someone's just said. And actually, sometimes that's not needed you need to just listen and absorb like you're saying. So when you said like waiting to the end makes more sense sometimes for you personally. And then obviously in turn will make sense for the people in the group, I would imagine, because you're being your most truthful self, probably. Then I think that's like spot on. What was the first session like, John, when you set it up? Did it go the way that you expected to? Or were you just very open to like, don't know how this is going to go, but we'll we'll see what happens. I think it went as we as we expected. As as Joe's described, we have a, a set structure for how the sessions go, but within that structure it's very open. It's very um malleable towards whatever direction the discussion wants to take. And that um that can be based on, on whatever is said in the circle. It can be can be based on someone coming in with a kind of pre set vision over the, the topic we're discussing and having that change completely over the course of the hour. Um, so it went very much as, as we wanted it to. And and that relies on everyone who come everyone who participates taking part 
um, with uh, these values at the front of their mind. As Joe said, it's, it's judgment-free, it's anonymous, um, it's it's positive, it's a positive space. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to come along and be in a positive frame of mind and talk positively. But, you know, what that means for us is that in this circle, we we can share whatever we want, but we do it in a constructive way and we do it in an empowering way. And, and we do it with consideration to the fact that when we step away from that circle, we can use whatever we've heard or whatever we've said to to grow and get better at something that we realize we might not have thought about in the best light possible. Um, so I think, and again, this is, I, I keep saying it, but testament to everyone who comes along week on week, everybody comes away with, a real lightness, even even in a virtual setting, which is hard. It's, it's a hard thing to achieve, as I'm sure we all know from our professional lives. Um, and and it's it's just grown and grown over the piece, and and we've not lost whatever it is that that makes this group special, despite everything, all the challenges we've had. So really pleased about how it's going. I think the next challenge for us is is driving awareness for more men throughout Edinburgh and and who knows beyond that that this group exists, because as I'm sure we'll come on to in, at some point. Um, awareness is half the battle and the topics that you have chosen so far and the ones that you're hoping to discuss further do they come up within the discussions of like what does everyone feel like we should speak about next or is that just very much you guys who are, who are setting the week's kind of meetings that's funny i think we're sort of actually transitioning a little bit like we're we're because basically uh for the last few months we me nico and john have each suggested a topic for the next week and then basically we put it into a poll and let the guys choose between the three topics um but we're starting to realize that sometimes that means good topics don't get chosen just by virtue of there being another interesting topic so we're going to start trying to get you know people within our broader group to to suggest topics as well as choose them so that we can kind of have this be driven by everyone in the group rather than it being a kind of hierarchical thing because i think like i was saying it's weird i i always find it strange that when I talk to my friends, they seem to nearly always be going through the same things that I'm going through. I don't know what it is. It's it's a strange, like, problems and ideas sort of sweep through the population. And, and so we tend to be experiencing similar things at times. So having an opportunity for the group to be led by the people that use it means that it's never going to lose relevance. It's always going to be useful for people. And it's always going to speak to the issues that we're all mulling over right now. Yeah, and like earlier on when you were speaking about growing up and maybe not having other men in your life that displayed that ability to speak openly and be vulnerable and talk about feelings um, and emotions I'm guessing that was obviously an impetus for starting the group as well like just that idea that there are a lot of people and especially men and we know that um, from all the statistics about mental health and that you know everyone's got mental health it's not like oh mental health as if that's a negative thing we we have positive mental health and we have negative mental health and it's like and then the spectrum in between like everyone has mental health and it's about looking after it but in terms of speaking about how you feel is that something that you feel you are now more confident to do and more open to do because of the opportunity that the men who has brought yeah yeah 100 percent. so there's there's two there's there's two things there that you've brought up and i'm i'm quite passionate about getting this message across under the context of the men who and generally one um which i mentioned a short time ago is uh to get people participating in things like this uh, they've got to exist and people have to know about them so i i often think and i often say that the first step of the battle or to get getting people to speak openly about their feelings is um 
is is coming overcoming that practical step. So if somebody might be sitting here thinking, you know, I wish I had people to talk to about this, whether it was family, friends, um, complete strangers, as it is often in our case. And if you don't know where to channel that, then you're never going to be able to take the first step. So a big part of the men who is making sure that people are aware it exists. And here are the steps you need to take to to come along and join this community. Um, so that's a big challenge for us right now and something that we're, we're, we're grasping through speaking to yourself and, and others um, to make sure people are aware it exists. The second part of that is you ask the question, do we find it easier now to talk? Um, the, the short answer is yes, we do, because we, we do it every week. But the, the more detailed and interesting answer to that is talking, which is what we lead with as the men who, but also listening, practicing gratitude. Um, these are all habits. Um, if you don't practice them on a regular basis, you will fall out of the habit, especially when it comes to something that a lot of people find difficult talking about their feelings and emotions. Um, so the great thing about the men who having the weekly session, having dialogue between the participants throughout the week is you're practicing this habit. And I personally find it so much easier to sit down and talk to almost anybody about how I'm feeling about anything at a given time. Whereas, you know, 12 months ago, 24 months ago, that was a struggle. I had to, I had to, you know, swallow, swallow a big frog in my throat to get off my chest what I wanted to get off. Um, so from that perspective, it's been it's been brilliant. And it's something that I think is a core part of what The Men Who's all about is that habitual practicing, um, talking, listening and, and, and reflecting gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've summed that up so well, John. I, I feel I feel like I'm still I've still got a lot of learning to do. Like, I, I, I think I've improved a lot um, at sharing. But I think that a quote that just came to my mind is uh, Neil Gaiman was talking about how to write novels. And he's like, you never learn how to write novels. You only learn how to write the novel you're on. And I think in terms of articulating myself and in terms of like um, finding the right words for my emotions. And, and I think one of the problems is e each of our individual experience of our inner life is so different, vastly different than each other. In some ways, it's so specific that what the man who is allowing me is to form a language around how I identify how I'm feeling. And it's, it's like you're... It's like you're sketching out your own little scientific process of of how Joe works. You know how how does how does his neurosis about this link to his behaviour here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> I, I can always I can always learn more about that because it's it's always a, a process of sort of failing and then picking yourself up and failing. Picking yourself up. That's such a good way to put it. I think oh, Joe, whenever I'm on one of these things with Joe and and Nico one of them always comes up with a way of describing things that I've never thought. And I just think that is so perfect, but you're right. It's, it's about creating a vocabulary and an articulate, being able to articulate how you feel um, and, and kind of growing that up such that you, you can more easily talk about what you want to talk about without trying to find the words. That's exactly what it is, Joe. Nice work. Mm -hmm. This is why me and John do this together. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, so and it's that like you complement each other. You're, you're very in sync, but yeah, you're coming at it from your own perspectives and your own worlds, which is really important. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying there, like the ability to listen and then understand how other people communicate their feelings. Like, yeah, it's just like that learning process. And I like how you said, you know, it's just doing it, just actually doing it yeah. and doing it again and doing it again like anything it's like riding a bike it just yeah. gets easier the more you do it it's showing up ev every week for yourself as well as I guess the group as, as well I guess anybody involved will feel 
that they are part of something and when you feel that you're part of something you you not only show up for yourself but you also are there to support others you don't like to think of your teammates as such you know if you think in a sporting sense that you're not going to show up for them and be supportive and whether you add to the conversation that week or you completely stay silent it's just being there I guess makes all the difference yeah 100% so what has like the feedback been like from the participants thus far and how did you actually I'm looking for a better word talking about vocabulary recruit the people that are part of the group at the moment um well I I think the feedback it's it's such an interesting idea of feedback because I think we live in a world where um where in order to gain you know say example funding for charitable endeavor or um for anything you're doing you sort of have to have this list of of kind of measures of, of how well things are going. And I think the thing with mental health is it's, it's very difficult to, to measure. Um, I think I, I maybe one measure of it that I see is is kind of how cohesive, like the tone of the group and how cohesive is the group? Are, are, are we reaching out to each other throughout the week? Is it becoming a kind of thriving community rather than just that one hour a week, even though the, the one hour a week is our main touchstone, of course. And I've, heard, I've definitely heard a couple of the guys say, for example, um, they took risks with sharing things with people in their lives after coming to the men who, because I think one of the key things is that I certainly will maybe carry an insecurity or carry something around with me for a long time. And in the not sharing it, it becomes a monster. I turn it into a monster, even though it's a perfectly normal kind of everyday concern, maybe a guilt trip you've played on yourself or, or something you're remembering from your past or something that you're worried about not happening or happening in the future. Um, it grows arms and legs inside my mind. And and so like what I, what I think I'm seeing people learn is that it's that sharing something and having it be received and seen mm-hmm. as, as just not, not that it doesn't matter, but that it's an everyday problem, that it's something that a lot of people are going through. Uh, one guy in particular said that he, he was able to share something with someone that led to a connection that he, he was really like hoping was going to happen. And it's just these sort of things that I, you can't, really quantify you can't really say they've improved this much or, or whatever because like I said for myself I feel like it's an ongoing process and of learning um but yeah in, in terms of how everyone came to the group um a lot of it was through the previous um charity that we worked with um but a lot of it to be honest was I think it's been word of mouth a men's circle is is one of those things that I think is easiest to uh, kind of to know someone who goes to it and then to reassure someone that it's a place for them to explain what it is. But certainly over the last month or so, or even two since we've been reaching out a bit more to podcasts and, and sort of created our Instagram page, we've had a few people come completely uh, from just hearing about us on social media and, and, and these podcasts. So that it's really, really great place for us to sort of present ourselves to people and show, you know, this is a place for you if you, if it's something that you're interested in. The power of it also is, as I've said before, that it's quite organic and that's something we want to maintain. So um, as with a lot of things, you have to be quite careful about the language you use around um, around the group. So we don't tend to kind of refer to it as an organization. Uh, it's more a collective or a community. And that that's what uh, kind of sets the tone for what it is. Um, so, so people coming through word of mouth is fantastic. Um, I think something that we did at the start, which I'm, I'm really glad we did when we were coming up with uh, the tone, the principles, uh, the structure for the group. We were, um, we we spoke with all the guys who were already involved uh, because we wanted to create a sense of ownership. Although Joe, Nico, and I administrate the men who, it doesn't mean that we own it. Um, 
we're we're just there to make sure it doesn't stop happening effectively. Um, so we want everybody that's been there, whether it's one time or a hundred times, to feel that sense of ownership that they um, are invested in in the conversation in the group and and they can influence it in whatever direction it goes forward as a collective. I like that. I like, you know, that it is very much, you know, we're all learning, we're all growing, including us and everyone's suggestions. And whether, you know, like you say, whether someone comes once or comes every single time, there is no pressure. Yeah, you show up, but that might just be enough that day. It's not about what are you bringing to the table? It's to enhance, not to hinder. Yeah. What what are you taking from this rather than what are you bringing is, is, is the mantra. Just that that opportunity to offload and free of judgment being able to say what you need to say how you're feeling I think we all need more of that and yeah we're all on devices we're on devices right now and although it's it's lovely that we still have the opportunity to have an actual conversation and it's not text 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 type 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 but um, I think uh, just the art of conversation and being able to express yourself freely in whatever your vocabulary is it's not about being the most eloquent person in the room it's just like speaking your truth but it sounds of things absolutely yeah that and and I think you're raising an important point around phones because I, I definitely especially with COVID with people working from home more and um, not being in office spaces you know oxytocin comes from meeting people's eyes and, and and noticing their body language and feeling them in the room with you so we're losing a lot of us have lost some of that contact from week to week and so um what we're seeing as a result of that, and I think what we'll see more and more is is kind of a new mental health crisis, to be honest, which is um, dark to think about, but it's also important to be ready for, is kind of what I'm thinking. And the men who is like one of those places that, that I'm hoping if people are noticing themselves, maybe not feeling as positive after lockdown or, or whatever, your, whatever situation you've gone through in your own life in the last six months, each of us has had this personal narrative of positive and negative things happening. And instability creates uh, a good environment for negative thoughts to kind of grow and and so like you say the men who is like this place where you can offload that stuff where you can put it into the middle of a circle with other people virtual or otherwise and have it be held and but also have it um not matter it's funny how both you want you both want your internal struggles to be um to be seen as important and meaningful, but also to recognise that they are ultimately passing and, and, and they will change, you know. Yeah, that idea of like, once you say it out loud, a lot of the time it just feels better instantly, doesn't it? It's just when you're carrying it about and ruminating something in your head. And do you feel any weight of responsibility as the people that are you know facilitating this, that people are coming to you and there may be stories that are people that are suffering um in terms of like you know trauma or we're talking about just everyday occurrences obviously people just seeing how they're feeling that day and it might not be anything out of the ordinary but the idea that someone might come into the circle and say something that they need extra support they need professional help medical help perhaps how have you been able to navigate that so far Mm. um from a personal perspective I, i don't feel a way of responsibility um i think i feel uh, responsibility to be prepared for that instance to occur and it does um there are there are weeks when people come along with with you know some fairly serious points of conversation and that's as i said before we're, we're there for the good things the bad things and everything in between so as, as long as we're prepared for that to be the case within um within the values of the group then then 
you know, that, that's what we're there for. In terms of a responsibility, I, I don't feel a weight. I think I feel lucky that we have people who want to join us on a weekly basis and feel that they feel comfortable enough to share stuff that they haven't shared with anyone else or or anywhere else. Um, I don't know about you, Joe, but responsibility, I wouldn't say, is a word or a, a feeling that I feel particularly with the men who... I think, yeah, one of the ways that I would think about it is, um, firstly, we're not clinical in any way. We don't advertise ourselves as, as being professionals. Um, but secondly, one of the things that I will carry around with me sometimes, one of those things that will gather weight is exactly the question that you're asking, which is, is who am I to, to create this and to, to facilitate this? You know, it, it, that seems so arrogant. Let me make this clear. Sorry for interrupting you, but I, I'm absolutely not saying that. And I hope that the way that I worded the last question didn't come across. Not at all. I think that you should feel a weight of responsibility. It was more, I hope I said, do you? Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Okay. The reason I was going down that train of thought was basically to demonstrate where my mind would take that, you know, where the question, if I was feeling like, for example, if I had a bad day, you know, and um, someone asked me that question, I might panic and, and start saying, oh, no, I don't have the responsibility. Who am I? Um, one of the things that I think about is that me and Nico and John talked about this recently, which is it's kind of a shame that the men who has to exist in the sense that what used to exist to solve these problems were a tight, tighter community. It's more people where uh, sort of spaces where you could gather together, maybe extended families. Um, we would have more leisure time than we do now to to, to take care of each other and, and not have to earn a living um, and not to, you know, sell our labor for a certain amount of money each week so that we can pay the bills. These things are stopping us from being able to come together. And one of the things that I think we have the power to do is to just ignore that and, and create spaces where we can come together, even if it's over random things, even if it's a men's circle, like that fulfills a certain function that the community would have fulfilled in the past. Uh, one of the things about the men's circle that I attended in California was that it was based on um, a Native American ceremony where where men would come together and, and talk. And so it's not like these ideas are new, you know, like we're, we're just trying to create um we're trying to recreate, I guess. We're trying to reinvent the wheel for the modern age, and it just looks like it. It looks like Zoom now, you know. <laughs> it doesn't look like a circle. <laughs> I love that though, because you do hear people, and probably included, say, "Oh, it's like a shame we don't do that anymore." Or like, "Oh, times have changed," or you know, like at the start of lockdown, I was saying that I hope this year, although I can still hope that Hogmanay would look like it used to when people like people's doors were open and you know everybody was like first footing each other and the guitars were out and people you know were just very much that community aspect of like I in you come type thing and I think we've lost that it's very much like organized fun with your group yeah. and you just nailed that there Joe in terms of that the idea of like we don't necessarily have the time or make the time our priorities have shifted like you say, it is a shame that it has to be this way, but thank goodness then for it. Thank goodness that you're doing it and you haven't, like we're talking about possibly feeling the weight of responsibility or whatever. No, because it's clearly needed. Mm. That weight of responsibility idea, like that that would be, a, that would, like just to use the techniques of the men who, that would be a story that I would tell myself to stop myself from creating a beautiful thing. And what a shame that would be. That would be a travesty if that stopped you. So it, it has been a challenging time to do anything that we planned to do. So you guys have been doing it online. How How has that gone? 
on, on the whole, it's gone very well. Like I said, we've been able to keep the momentum. We've been able to retain this spirit of sharing uh, in, in an open and honest way. And, you know, they're actually, I'm trying to think, but there actually haven't been too many technical hitches, <laughs> which is which is an amazing thing uh, over six months and week in, week out. Um, but something that I've come to notice, and I noticed it quite early, and I've been very open with the guys, is I feel, for whatever reason, I'm only able to share around 70, 80% of what I would be able to share in a physical environment. And I just, I don't know why that is. It's obviously got something to do with innate human connection and, and kind of physical connection. And I feel it in, in a work sense too, but for some reason they're just, when, I, when the session closes and I walk away, it feels like there's just, um, you know, like the bottom of a pint or the bottom of a yogurt that I just haven't quite finished off and it's still there. And, and I need to try and find a way of getting rid of the rest of that. Um, and I think another another thing I've uh, just an observation. I still walk away from every session and think I feel lighter. I'm so glad I did that. But you know, if there's any scientists listening, and I'm not a scientist, but the half life of um, the good feel factor from Zoom is much shorter than it is in real life. It just doesn't quite <laughs> it doesn't quite last as long. Um, so that's been a challenge. But but we all recognise it's a challenge. It's a necessity. And and overall, I think we can look back and be really proud that. Uh, as a group, we've been able to make the best of difficult circumstances by using the technology available. And, you know, going forward, when when all these ex- restrictions are lifted and we can meet in person again, I hope that the online element is something that we continue in between physical sessions. Whenever somebody feels like they need it and you can't get together with someone, I hope it's something that we're able to keep uh, as an option for for everybody that is part of the group as well. I love that. I love how you've been able to navigate the whole online Zoom malarkey. It sounds like you guys have nailed it. I need to know what your secret is. Um, and I, I commend you for still continuing. Like I said earlier on, I think it's needed more than ever. Are there plans to grow the group um, and plans for future events? Or you know, do you see the men who transforming into something else or an offshoot of it? Or is it very much just like, this is who we are and this is what we do? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things in the immediate future that we definitely want to start doing. We were talking about kind of implement or using uh, like a month, one-off monthly event to kind of do like a well-being event of some sort. So these, the just kind of ideas that we've had are, are stuff like uh, motivational talks. We we all have some good friends and, and people who have had crazy experiences who might be able to talk to some of the issues we, we discussed in our group. Also stuff like walks in nature, you know, one of the features of this California group that I went to that I loved was that you're able to have an open fire because it was always so warm outside, you know. So and and the symbolic aspect of that is that, you know, you share what you're saying and you speak it into the fire and the fire burns away the, the weight of it. That's sort of the idea. And so having a monthly event around something like that, maybe a yoga class, a meditation class. Um, I think something that we've increasingly realized is that people want to, spend more time on some topics so choosing some topics that seem really interesting and maybe devoting a couple of hours one weekend to really digging into people's experience of them so it's those sort of things we want to grow it but for me personally I think my big interest is in maybe at some point creating kind of all gender circles so it's important for men to share and to learn to share with each other but it's I think the value of people from all genders hearing each other's experience is is something that could be just so healing I think for everyone because to be honest one of the strains I was thinking about today about why masculinity was so interesting to me a couple years ago is because it was the era of the Me Too campaign you know the the era of a lot of men in power having to reckon with the consequences of their actions which I think led 
slightly to a backlash among some men who've got resentful about kind of being caught in this uh, wave. And for me, the men who is a place where resentment can turn into connection because you're not hiding away and creating stories about the kind of people who are are telling you you can't be who you are. Actually, you couldn't express who you are in in the men who. But ultimately, I would love to. I would love to personally, and this is just again a personal belief. I would like to be involved in a men in an all gender circle. So that's something that I, I'm keen to kind of develop and think about more in the future. Yeah, as Joe says, who knows? We might become. The, the people who at one at one stage would feel a lovely is a lovely film. That is, that is. If we were to myth bust anything about the main who things that you think people might decide, ah, but you know, I've listened to this, but is are there any particular myths that you would just like to bust here and and now? Um something I said on a previous uh a previous podcast was the the, the most obvious one is the hardest thing you will do with the men who is walking through the door for the very first time, virtual or physical, once you're through that door and you start listening or start speaking, you will, I can almost guarantee come to understand that this is the place that you can exist as you want to exist. That first step is the hardest. It was the hardest for the three of us coming in as participants, as volunteers, but nothing I've done since then, even sharing some of the most deep mindful experiences that I've ever shared have not been as hard as taking that first step so it, it got, it's all downhill from there <laughs> love that love that what about yourself Joe is there anything that springs to mind that you would want to say to somebody who's intrigued and would like to but just not quite there yet yeah I, I think for me one of the stories that I used to tell myself to stop me from sharing um, how I was feeling was by, by assuming that the things I was going through were smaller compared to other people's things. And even though that is literally true, it doesn't, it's not a helpful belief that's going to help you like uh, unpick yourself and understand yourself and, and kind of learn the skills of sharing. Because I think that's maybe one of the, maybe a trend in masculinity in, in the UK and, and certainly since the Victorian era, it is the sense that m- men keep quiet, stiff upper lip, kind of your problems are, are not as important as, as people that you're caring for, people that you you know. So one of the things I'd say is it's not about how serious your problems are. It's about um, do you feel a lack of community? Do you feel a lack of uh, an honest place to speak, either in your life in total or just in, with the men in your life? Like we're we're gonna hopefully provide the space where where that can you can overcome that belief. You know you you can overcome the idea. And like John says, it, I really agree with that. It's the stepping in the first time. Yeah, you see, this, back when we were in physical space, you see guys come in, maybe even visibly shaking, you know, looking looking like, why am I even doing here? And then throughout the session, their physiology, you can see their body just start to calm down and relax and realize, wow, this is quite a deep conditioned idea in our culture that men shouldn't share because it produces like a physical reaction in some people. And, and, and I know that that's true for myself in the past as well, you know. Yeah, because I'm just thinking like a lot of people would equate that you know the term mental health with negativity the idea that you know if they see mental health charities it's like well you know i don't need that i don't need that kind of help and you're like no no no, this is not about like getting to the brink we just all need to speak to people because it enriches your life and being able to tell your story and just open up and hear other people's experiences like who doesn't need that exactly and it's just about taking the first step that's all it is i'm so impressed by you i think it's wonderful that you've you've created this community and that I'm sure it will grow I'm sure it will absolutely grow and just the energy that you're both giving me over 
over the internet, albeit. I'm I'm seriously impressed, and I, I think people will be really excited to hear that this is this exists. Um, and of course. The, the Braun the Brave is all about sharing people's stories and the, the, the series Gidgeons is all about good people doing great things and you definitely fit the bill. So let, let me just take this opportunity to congratulate you on your efforts thus far and in your own personal journeys as well. Like it's obviously helped you both massively to do this. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Absolutely. So I didn't tell you about this, but I do a thing called the thingamabobs. Mm. Uh, but it's just to get to know my guests a wee bit better. So I wonder if you'll indulge me. Absolutely. Of course. Great. Brilliant. Um, right, John, I'm giving you this one first. Oofed. What does the world need more of? Oh, what does the world <laughs> need more of? <laughs> Acceptance. Acceptance springs to mind. Great. There was not even a pause there. You were right on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared by your oofed. I knew something big was coming. <laughs> well, it was either that or... Um, what is your go-to movie? But I thought well, we'll just go. We'll just go with a hard question first. Oh well, that's Gladiator for the record. <laughs> nice one, yeah. right, Joe? What does the world need less of? Oh, less of actually. I, that's what how I was going to ask. I was hopefully going to reframe the question because I think it is actually the world needs less of things. It's weird because I think the world both needs less concern about what's coming and more of a long-term perspective. <laughs> like that—that that would be what I'd guess. But I think less of um, it needs less less distance between what you think you are and the surroundings around you. So so don't define yourself against like a celebrity or an Instagram person or someone who in your community who you think is the best at something because they're the best at that thing. You've got to find the thing that you're best at. So it's like less of the thing that you think you should be and more of the thing that you are. You guys are nailing the thing about questions. Okay, here's another one. Can you finish this sentence, John? When I was we, I... Really wanted to be a Scotch whiskey consultant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely rubbish. No, I, uh, I, I like a lot of young boys wanted to be a footballer, and um, so I got to the age where I realised that wasn't going to happen. And you know, I'm 32 now, so never say never. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. Listen, thoughts become things. Yeah, as you, as you well know. Yeah, well, I've got a son now. I can help him. That's my mission. Great. Right, Joe. I'm looking for difficult ones here. Uh, thank you. You've you've set the bar high. You see, <laughs> best day you've ever had. <laughs> uh, I had to joke with a friend that we had the perfect day ever once, um, and we don't really understand what happened. But we we were at a class at uh, University of California, San Diego, and we did our final project. We presented it in front of the class, and then our lecturer, who we loved, said, "Well, now you're going to go have the perfect day," and we were like don't be silly that's ridiculous and then we went and had some beers to celebrate um that turned into more beers we met some friends we went to the beach we had pizza and we were just like we had the perfect day we had the perfect day today and it always stands out because um it was like a prescribed perfect day it was like our lecturer sort of said and now go forth and enjoy the day (laughs) (laughs) yes and i have to ask you the question because I ask everyone this one. What is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Uh, I'm going to go with Bonnie. I'm going to go with Bonnie. And partly because I said it last week uh, about, uh, we were out somewhere nice. We were maybe at a beach and my wife turned to me, who is Scottish by blood, but grew up in England. She said, why do you keep using that word? You've never used it before. And I was like, well, it's just the perfect word to describe what I'm feeling right now. This place is Bonnie. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> no one said that in the whole year and nine months that I've been doing this podcast. Really? So well done. Ah, thank you very much. 
No pressure, Joe. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, just something original that's never been said before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know if this phrase is Scottish, but I I think of a very particular Scottish person when I when I think of this phrase, which is um, the description of a person as someone who would never say boo to a goose. Because I just love that. It's just such a it's such a visceral kind of. You see the situation of someone when you say they would never say boo to a goose. It's like I imagine them not being able to do that, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> Well, in the spirit of the men who I would just like to say that in terms of gratitude, I am so grateful to have been able to have this conversation with you both. I hope that doing the Brawn the Brave episode that it brings more people to the group because I think it's really important stuff that you're doing. And um, no, thank you so much for your time and your energy. No, thank you. It's been a, an absolute privilege. And I think sitting alongside some of the guests you've had on, it's, we're, in, we're in fine company. So uh, really grateful for your time. Pleasure, John. Thanks so much, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I will absolutely put all the details in the show notes so that everybody can find you. And you're now in the clan, so that's it. You're part of you're part Ooh. of this community now too. Excellent. Yes. That's what we want. <laughs> now go off and have a perfect day. George, you want to go to the beach and get some pizzas and beers? Yeah, let's do it, John. Great right. idea. See you there. See you there. I'll be a bonnie afternoon. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braun the Brave podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.